In recent years, working remotely has become a more popular office perk, not only among startups, but enterprise businesses as well. Some companies even only work remotely. In this week's episode, we'll discuss our experiences working remotely, the pros and cons from an employer and employee standpoint, and provide some advice on whether or not working remotely is a good fit for you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Ladybug Podcast. I'm Kelly. I'm Allie. And I'm Emma, and we're debugging the tech industry. When's the last time you worked on that side project you're always thinking about? How much progress could you make if you had three months to work and learn in a room full of smart, friendly, intellectually curious programmers? If you're thinking, I can make a lot of progress, you should check out the Recurse Center. The Recurse Center is like a writer's retreat, but for programmers. There are no classes or teachers. You direct your own learning and time, and it can explore what interests you in a supportive community of 1,600 programmers from all over the world. Whether you've been programming for six months or 30 years, Recurse Center is for you. Maybe you want to recreate vintage computer art, make contributions to Rust, learn computer science best practices, or start developing a new programming language. Those are all things people have done at Recurse Center. You can attend a retreat in Brooklyn for one, six, or 12 weeks. Recurse Center is free for everyone and offers living expense grants of up to $7,000 to people from underrepresented groups. They have an integrated recruiting agency and offer career support whether you're looking for your first programming job or you want to find a senior role at a great company. Learn more about Recurse Center and how to apply at www.recurse.com. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started here. So what does it mean to you to, to work remotely? Allie, start with you. So... Working remotely is working in a distributed manner where instead of everybody working at the office every day in one central location, people can work from home, whether that's one day a week or something along those lines, or fully remote, fully distributed companies. So the communication is usually coming up, is usually happening online instead of in person at a physical location. I think working remotely is being able to do your coding wearing pajamas with a cat on your computer. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, but most likely like that's what my working remotely <laughs> looks like. No, yeah, I think what does it mean to work remotely? I think it's the ability to work, like Ali said, on distributed teams. Perhaps it doesn't look like the traditional nine to five, especially if you're working with distributed teams across the world and not just within a, a time zone or two. But it's going to require a lot of changes to your workflow and your productivity. Um, and I, I'm excited to delve into those with all of you today. Yeah, I, I've been working remotely pretty much all of my life except for a one small stint at the CDC for nine months. The rest of the time I've been working remotely. So I have a, I have a lot to share on this topic. So yeah, so let's go ahead and talk about our experience with working remotely since I've already started. So I freelanced full-time solo for three years after, after the CDC. So I don't know how many years it was. Maybe it was three, two. I don't know. Either way, I only knew what it was like to work remotely, work by myself. But I think a big difference there is that when you're freelancing, it's not like you're collaborating on a team or anything. It's really just a lot of email and phone communication with clients in my case. I launched the tap room in October 2017. And that's when I actually had team members that I had to uh, collaborate with. So I had to change my own working style to, to work with additional people now. I love it. I think I'm still not very good at uh, working remotely on a team, and we'll dig into that a little bit more from the employer standpoint later. But that's been that's been my experience. It's basically the only thing that I know how to do. Awesome. I have interesting experiences with working remotely for a few reasons. So 
I am a third generation IBMer. So like I grew up having parents who worked at IBM and IBM was notorious for allowing its employees to work remotely. And that was like one of the biggest perks that they offered. And so, you know, a few years ago, my mom, uh, you know, moved down to Florida and they built this wonderful home and she was going to work remotely. And then the IBM as a company came back and basically was like, okay, if you're working remotely, we're discontinuing that perk and you have to come back um, to one of the sites or basically lose your job which is ethically like I don't agree with that decision. Um, it really um, forced a lot of people to uproot their family and move them back. But uh, this was an interesting idea because as a company that was so adamant about this perk of working remotely and understood the benefits of it, now they were completely switching their story, which was very interesting. And they were talking about co... What's the word? Uh, not cohabitation. Um, co... Eh, co-located? Co-location. Co-location, that one. So... I've kind of been through a lot like in my personal life when it comes to working remotely because my mom had to like pick up her life and move it back to New York and it was like kind of traumatic. But in terms of my own personal um, experience working remotely, I work at LogMeIn, which we have tools for um, remote collaborations. Like I worked on GoToMeeting. And so because I work on these remote tools and I work on distributed teams, of course, I have the ability to work from anywhere, um, which is really, really cool. Uh, also poses some some um, negatives that we'll get into as well. Um, so it's something that I definitely take advantage of. Um, but for me personally, it doesn't necessarily fit my lifestyle. Yeah. So I have been working remote for almost a year now. Before that, I hadn't even done a work from home day other than like snow days at work. So this was a totally new experience this year. I was totally terrified going into it. And I upfront told the company that I was working at at the time that I don't think that it was going to work for me. And turns out it has not worked very well for me. So we can talk about that more when we get to the pros and cons. But I started the year in an engineering position at Dev, working remote there, completely distributed. So I was in DC and they were all in New York. And then right now I actually teach remote. So I work for General Assembly, who I used to work for, which is a coding boot camp. And I lead a coding boot camp that is taught completely over Zoom online. Part of me really, really loves it in a lot of ways because it allows people from all over the country to learn and you don't have to move to a city to learn how to code, which I think is absolutely incredible. That being said, for me personally, it's still really, really hard to not be working in person with people and not bounce energies as much off of other people as well. So we can definitely get back to that whole conversation, but that is my experience working remotely. It depends. It depends, like, totally, because I feel like it's great in terms of work-life balance flexibility, um, but it can also lead to some negatives, and I think that let's just jump right into that. Kelly, from, like, a an employer perspective, what are some of the pros and cons of allowing your employees to work remotely? So I'll start with the cons. The biggest struggle that I've had in, in growing my business is being able to form cohesion for a team, like having the team feel like they're actually a part of the team. And I have a smaller team. It is, you know, I, we're, we're currently nine people total. That's two full-time employees and seven contractors, which also adds to the, the complications of things of being able to have everybody feel like they're a part of this one team when they're probably working on other other projects for other people as well. And I think the the other big struggle is, you know, you're not always sure if team members are actually working effectively. And and I've unfortunately experienced this from my own team members. And, you know, you you have deadlines that you 
will probably try to hit. But when you start asking questions as to why things aren't, you know, why they're not hitting deadlines, and it comes out that they haven't really been working effectively at all for, for a lot of time, you know, it, 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 that's, that becomes a hard thing to balance. And it's a, it's a trust thing as well. It makes me question, you know, should I even be hiring remotely? But hiring remotely allows me to expand my applicant pool, which means I can bring on talents from outside of Atlanta and I can have some really, really, really great team members who you know, they don't live anywhere near here, but I know they're going to do a great job and they're going to be a really important part of our team. And also it's just a great perk for hiring. Unlike the two of you who don't like working remotely, except Emma is, is part-time liking remote work. A lot of people do, uh, do want that, you know, they want to maybe, maybe both uh, husband and wife or, uh, sorry, that's, Whatever your, your living situation is, you want to be able to stay at home and, and work with the people who you're currently with. Or maybe you have kids at home, you want to spend more time with them. It, it opens up a lot of these opportunities to be able to, to work from wherever. Maybe you want to be a digital nomad like, like Allie. And <laughs> that also opens up these doors too. So yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really great hiring perk as well. So that's my, my little pros and cons list from an employer standpoint. And I could probably spend an entire episode talking about those, but I'm just going to stick with that. I think there are a couple other things too, though, to unpack here because I'm not going to let you just jump right in on the employee standpoint. We got a lot to unpack <laughs> here because one of the, the reasons that I think going back to my little IBM anecdote, which I guess made no sense uh, in that context, but I wanted to unpack a little bit further is the fact that working remotely allows employers to kind of reduce overhead costs with providing like a, like a huge office building. They don't have to like lease an entire uh, building for their employees. Now, that being said, perhaps you want to give them a stipend to go work in a co-working space, which I know you work in a co-working space, but in general, not having to lease out an entire building or pay for electricity or all of those things, that can be a huge benefit, right? And I think that's one of the reasons that IBM initially allowed their employees to do that. The second thing, and I, I'm not sure, you know, if this is a this is a benefit on both sides. Um, of the employer and employee, but for employees with disabilities who are perhaps maybe anxious or embarrassed to you know, use extra help uh, to get their daily tasks done. We're doing a lot of accessibility testing at, at LogMeIn, and one of the things that we've seen is that often employees are um, anxious around or shameful around having to ask for additional help or additional software to help them achieve the tasks they need to, to achieve. And so perhaps allowing your employees to work remotely makes them feel more comfortable in a space where um, they they know how to get their tasks done and they don't have to worry about how it comes off to their, their coworkers. Um, and also perhaps you have like a chronic illness and maybe it's just not practical for you to commute every day. These are benefits we don't really talk about but that are huge to certain people. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it, it also goes beyond people who, you know, uh, maybe they, they just have you know, general anxiety around being around like in, in public and being able to work from home and not have to, you know, communicate with people face to face. It, it decreases their anxiety level. So that's definitely another major perk. OK, so let's switch from talking about the employer standpoint to the employee standpoint. Totally. So. From a negative perspective, I think one of the hardest parts is feeling isolated from your team. I know that I am somebody who really works well with other people and like bouncing ideas off of people and like brainstorming and being really close to my coworkers. Um, my last couple of jobs, I've always had people that I was really, really, really close with as friends at work and they became more than just work friends. And so I think that that is really, really 
something that is difficult with working remote is that those connections are much harder to make and they can formulate, but I don't think it's really the same in a lot of ways. And I think just in general, that ability to feel connected and like you're really part of the team and that there is really a team instead of just a bunch of individuals who are working on things. I think that that is something that probably could be fostered, but it takes a lot of work to get there. And it's not something that I have necessarily been able to find yet in a remote team. Yeah, I totally empathize with that. I think I'm a social being. And, you know, because I kind of sold everything and moved to Europe where I didn't speak the language and I didn't know anybody, having the ability to work remotely didn't force me outside my comfort zone to meet people. And I think that that's where I struggled for a long time is I didn't really make friends with my coworkers. Now, I understand being friends with your coworkers. It's not something everyone's on board with, and that's okay. But I do think that hindered my ability to forge, like, you know, somewhat of a personal bond with people. And that can be really hard. Uh, for me, that's something that I don't jive well with. I need that connection to people. I think, you know, in accordance with that, finding a mentor uh, as a result was really hard. I didn't, you know, when you don't have personal connections with the people you work with, it's really hard to find a mentor for things that you need help with. And then one of the last things I suffered a lot with was um, this time zone difference. So I work a lot with people in California, which I believe is like a nine hour time difference from Germany. And this is really hard. While we can work remotely, what that means is typically I work pretty late into my evenings. Like It's not unusual for me to work until seven or eight at night. Not every day, but it does impact my work-life balance. And um, so it's just, it's a lifestyle adjustment. Yeah, definitely. And it's definitely tough to maybe shut down sometimes too when you're just at home all the time. Kind of can feel like you're always working. So when I was in D.C., I was planning on getting an apartment with a den in it to make it so that I would at least have a separate working space within my home. And I think that that probably would have helped a little bit because I was working out of my bedroom essentially because I was living in a tiny apartment that was meant for when I was working in an office and my my apartment was essentially just a place to sleep. So that is definitely a big adjustment as well as maybe having some sort of separate space to work so that it feels a little bit less like you're just working all the time. I think another thing to, to touch on this as well is when you're, you're you're using these tools to allow teams to collaborate uh, remotely, you're using things like Slack, which is always on. People can message you at any time. And even though, you know, you can turn off notifications or, you know, go on do not disturb, whatever, you know, I'll get messages on weekends from people saying like, for Monday, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, that's great. But now I'm thinking about Monday. And now I'm thinking about what you're asking me about Monday. And at this point, I might as well just respond to you. So you have this like constant connectedness, uh, which is funny because you also never really feel connected to the team. But yeah, it it, it, it adds like another level of, of struggling to kind of maintain that work-life balance because you're, you're literally always connected unless you don't put, you know, Slack on your phone, which some people don't do that. Totally, totally. And I think another piece of this too is that I've found that there's less casual discussion and like brainstorming sessions when you're working remote too. In person, these conversations just kind of naturally happen where you just have ideas together and go on tangents and teach each other things and have ideas for what you all could be doing better. And those kind of casual conversations happen a lot less frequently in a remote setting unless potentially you're... And I think that all of these cons 
definitely are much more applicable in a fully distributed, fully remote situation or a situation where you have a couple team members that are fully remote rather than our other situation where you're mostly in person but have some remote days worked in. I also heard of somebody recently who has half of the day work remote and half of the day in the office. And I was like, that's kind of a dream situation potentially because you could move around commute times. Yeah. So I definitely think that there would be some ways that I could work remote. But for me, I think I'm going to do this year working remote and then find a place to work as soon as my contract is it or work in um, person as soon as my current contract is up, just because it's really difficult for me to deal with all these cons and they don't outweigh the pros for me. I really think that's interesting about like shifting your commute time because when I lived in Austin, Texas, I lived like really far south and being able to shift my commute time home from like, you know, 5 p.m. to 3 p.m. instead would save a solid hour of my day that I could then just pick up back at home. And so like in terms of my employer's return on investment, I would say it was a better one because I was happier. I was producing better output. Um, I was still in the office for the majority of the day, but I was consciously choosing how to spend my time, which I think is important. So I I see the benefits and the drawbacks of allowing your employees to work from home. There is definitely um, some risk there, especially if you know your employees aren't necessarily trustworthy to getting their things done. I think that's a separate issue. But if you do trust your employees and you want them to be happy, I think that it's a benefit that it's, you know, it's a good thing. Um, and I think on the pros, let's switch into the pros of as an employee, the work remote yeah, that goes to travel uh, or to flexibility, uh, travel locally um, to and from your job. But also, like, I'm sure you can also shed some light on this alley. But it, uh, being able to work remotely has allowed me this year to go to a lot more conferences, speak at conferences, um, not have to worry about taking vacation for every single trip I take. And that's been really invaluable. Yeah, for me, I've been able to move around and, again, do conferences and all of that. And right now I'm like living out of Airbnbs. So that's definitely not something that I would have done if I was not working remote. And so that's been really cool. And it's definitely a huge pro of working remote, especially the whole rise of digital nomadism. And I'm not a real one because I just am living in the United States because of my dog. But I, I think that that's a really interesting future as well. I think it's difficult because of stability, but at the same point, it is something that is a huge benefit to a lot of people. It's something that I've really enjoyed as well. Like my, my husband's company only recently started implementing a, a work from home policy, which is like, I think it's one day a week or one day every other week. It's, it's still not a lot, but it's a start. But when, you know, when he has to go on a business trip, like he'll have to go to Chicago for a week or New York for a week or whatever it might be, I can just go with him because I can just work from wherever. And that's it. I'm still working. And obviously, I am my own boss, so ignore that part. But like, yeah, for other people who have a different person running the company, it's it's a major perk to be able to you know travel with your loved ones, travel with your family, and and continue working and not use that vacation time. Well, yeah, especially for me, like working abroad, it's not like I can just fly home for a weekend trip. Like when I fly home, it's a solid like nine to 12 hour process to get home. And so, you know, my family is getting older and um, it's not something I can just do on a whim. Uh, and the ability to go work from home for a week or two is just invaluable to me. So totally. 
And then I think the other really big benefit, and I kind of hinted at this earlier with my students, is that you can have a lot more of a geographic, at least diverse team, where people can be coming from anywhere within, I guess, the, the legal requirements of your company. But instead of everybody having to be in the same city or a set of cities, if you have multiple offices, they can be anywhere. And so you can have people from Iowa and Kansas and these places that aren't necessarily tech hubs contributing to your team. And that definitely brings a diversity that a lot of city-based companies wouldn't be able to have. So I think that that is a really big pro of allowing distributed teams. Well, I think too, like when we think of, like if you're, if your company is based in like Chicago, for example, like, and this is to your point too, but having the ability to hire people from all over the country and the world allows you to hire diverse people, not just in terms of geography, but from all backgrounds. And I think, you know, there are so many benefits to hiring a diverse team, but this isn't something you necessarily you don't have the most diverse candidate pool when you're just hiring in your little radius around your your business. And so the ability to broaden that to potentially the entire world uh, will allow you to bring so many um, new perspectives and um, new people to your team, which is really invaluable. So so we talked a lot about the pros and cons. What, given all of this, how do you make remote work successful? Uh, one other one that I wanted to talk about really quickly is for the flexibility of if you have like children or something along those lines, or you have a family being able to go pick up your kids during the day or something like that. I think that that would be really beneficial as well. Just wanted to put that. Well, I think, and this maybe warrants a little bit larger of a discussion too, is like this whole stigma around like women who are having a family. Like we always look at women and think like, Oh, if you're pregnant, like it's going to hinder your career. And I think to some extent, unfortunately, that has been the case. I think allowing your employees to work remotely opens up new opportunities um, in this area and um, can hopefully alleviate some of these uh, negatives maybe of this these stigmas. Like let's help break down these stigmas of like, oh, if, if you're a woman and you're pregnant, it's going to negative – like your career is going to be over. It's like, well, if you provide remote opportunities as well – and, it, you know, it's not just women staying at home with the children. Let's just be clear about that as well. This provides any parent the opportunity to stay at home with the children or leave early to pick them up. And I think that's that's like a huge benefit that we don't really discuss. Yeah. I mean, this is a much smaller scale, but I had a baby puppy for a large portion of this year. And puppies are a lot of work, much less work than a human child, but I could take her to the dog park during the day. I could take her out a bunch of times. I didn't have to come home to get her or anything like that. And so I could definitely see at a future stage of life, working remote being a much better option for me, especially if I'm living with other people. I think for me, the hardest part was that I live alone. And so it was just very isolating or is very isolating. I guess I still am working remote. It's a little bit different teaching, but yeah, I, I just wanted to put that quick blurb in as well yeah uh okay so so we i think we've exhausted these pros and cons at this point let's go back to talking about uh what makes a remote working experience successful and i'll start things off with what's been most important for me is having a dedicated workspace and i'm not okay so i work out of a co-working space but that's not really what i'm talking about that yeah could be the the you know the the route you go, but even just having like a specific part of a room in your house there, this is where I do work. And this is the only place where I do work. It makes 
it, it really helps with the work-life balance because you can physically separate yourself in some sense from your work and be able to disconnect. I, I found that to be really, really helpful from when I was first starting out uh, working remotely and, and being able to actually get things done and dedicate time to being like, this is where I'm going to be working. This is where I'm going to be sitting for the next number of hours. And then I'll move on to something else that's not work-related in a different part of my house. Yeah, I think being able to separate your work-life spaces is going to help your mind also shut off when it's no longer work time because that's one of the the pitfalls of working from home is that if you don't take proper care to separate the physical spaces that you do work and the physical spaces that you relax, you're never going to relax. Like this is the same thing as working from bed, which I'm totally guilty of. But as a result, like I have trouble falling asleep at night because my brain thinks it's time to work. So I think that's one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest things that are, is going to make or break your work from home experience. <laughs> I think a really, really important thing is to have regular stand-ups or um, team meetings with your team and so that everybody can communicate at those times. I think both formalized ones where everybody's just saying what they're doing for productivity purposes and making sure that everybody's on the same page and you know, you're collaborating on projects so everybody's not overlapping or anything like that. But I think another piece of this also that I have found really helpful is having scheduled time for brainstorming sessions too. That's something that I added in later at my time at Dev was just having like creative brainstorms with another team member. And then we do that to some extent at GA as well. And so I think that that's really important so that you have the time to be creative and think about out a little bit outside the box and not just have everything be about work every single time that you talk. So maybe you're getting to know each other as people as well, which is important. Absolutely. And one of the things that I think is uh, pretty cool of uh, it's a it's kind of the thing that's set up here in Atlanta. Um, if you're working, if if you work well working around others, but you are on a distributed team, you might be able to find like a group of other local remote workers. There's one here in Atlanta and they just jump around to the different uh, coffee shops or co-working spaces around Atlanta and they just get together, you know, twice or three times a week to work. And I think that's the coolest thing because it gives you that opportunity to connect with other people who are in a very similar working situation as you who, you know, it, there, there are things that you experience as a remote worker that people who always work in an office don't really ever see. So they don't cl- like completely understand what it's like to work remotely. And these are people who get you. So I think I think that's uh, that's definitely a good idea. And if something doesn't exist in that in that case, you know, you can also look into just participating in local meetups after after work to connect with others as well. Totally. Also, I would set up co-working days with friends that also worked remote. So I, when I lived in D.C., when I knew people because <laughs> I'm <laughs> in rural New Hampshire right now where I know nobody, but I would go to like a coffee shop for a full day with friends and we would work from there. And that would be a nice way to have somebody to talk to as well. And even more recently, I was with a group of friends and we were all going on like a girls weekend trip. And the Friday that we were all going, we did a full day of working together in a co-working space in the city that we were visiting. And that was really fun. So yeah, definitely creative ideas here. What about for someone who's first job this is. So working remote sounds great for maybe a seasoned 
developer who has experience learning how to learn on their own and making connections, but is this something that we should recommend for first-time developer as well? Same. I do too. Kelly, you want to go first? We may get into hot take territory here, so I'm going to preface that there, or we can disagree, so we're going to find out. Um, We have not previously talked about this, so this is going to be exciting. So I think if you are a junior developer who is looking for your first job, you should be working at an office. I think there is so much you learn working around other people and being in an environment of people who are also, you know, you're going to be around maybe other junior developers. You're going to be around senior developers. You're going to be around so many other people and you not only learn a lot from them by being near them, but just like you get inspiration and growth by from seeing their growth as well. I think there's a lot of benefit to having your first job be in an office. And I'm, I'm, I'm totally cool with the idea of like one or two work days a week that are work from home. But I, I honestly, honestly think that if it's your very first developer job, you should be working in an office. I 100% agree. I get asked by junior developers all the time how to find a first job that's remote. And my advice is always to, if at all possible, don't. I think that similar to what you were saying, having people in person to ask questions to that you have a full-on connection with that you can really get the specifications for projects in person, I think is so important. My one exception to this is teams that have been doing remote for a very long time that are very, very good at it. So I think of companies like Trello and GitLab who are just known for having incredible remote cultures. And I think those would be the exception to the rules. But for the most part, if you're working at like a startup that is just trying out remote for the first time, or you're like the remote person on your team, that just terrifies me from a junior developer perspective because there's so much that you can learn from seeing other people's code and working with other people in person. So I'm glad that we agree on our hot take there. So I agree, but I also think it's, oh gosh, this is hot take territory. I think it's us being in a place of privilege to say that I'll develop, like as a junior dev or like someone new to the industry, like we recommend it. I think, okay, let me separate that because I think we can have recommendations. I don't think this works in all instances, right? Because this is great for people who have the privilege of going into an office or have the ability to find a job where they physically can go in. But again, this doesn't work for everyone, right? Like, In the U.S., this would work for us. This worked for me when I was able to move to Texas, and that was great. But there are people who maybe due to a disability physically can't leave their home or, you know, they're in part of the world that it's really, really nearly impossible for them to find uh, a place in person for them to go into and, and they don't really have a choice. So I think I would generally agree if you have the ability or the choice to choose like in office or remote, definitely go in office for your first job. But if you don't have the choice, it's okay. You're still going to be successful and you're still going to be okay. It's just you might have to take some more steps to ensure that you can find a mentor or get help when you need it. I think, yeah, that's a really good point to make. And and also kind of stemming off what you said earlier, Allie, in, in that kind of situation, finding a company who is really good at managing remote employees and, and, and have like a really streamlined kind of uh, you know, process in place for working with remote employees. I think it can really add to the experience of a, of a first time developer because they, you know, this is just what they do. So this is what they're, what they're already used to. So again, if that is an option, so if it is an option to, if, you're, if working remotely is the only option, 
if it if you can work for a company who has a track record of being a really great uh, work environment for people who are working remotely, try to go down that go down that path. So let's talk about what it takes also to uh, from a, from a personal level what it takes to to have a successful work remote work experience. Like, are there certain personality traits you think that that lend well to working remotely? I think you've got to be really good at being independent. And, um, you know, me personally, I wouldn't say I would say I'm independent to an extent, but I also rely a lot on my coworkers um, to bounce ideas off of and all of that. So maybe I'm not the proper personality type to be fully remote. I know that about myself, though. I would say if you just don't like working with people, this may be also like if you don't if you prefer to work alone this also might be a red flag and maybe you don't want to work remotely because what that can do is give you the opportunity make it easier for you to kind of silo yourself this is also not a good situation because it's going to hinder your collaboration uh, and as a result like the end product um, that you're building with people if you work on a team and you are just kind of more introverted by nature and don't really like to collaborate, um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend working remotely because it's going to be really easy for you to not try to collaborate. I think that's a that's a, r- a really good point. I think also it helps if you're the type of person who is good at motivating yourself to hit deadlines. Because if you're not physically around people, having the reminder of, of things that need to get done, it definitely takes another and some extra work on your own side to keep yourself motivated if if there's nobody else around. Yeah, I think another thing too is somebody that's going to be really willing to force yourself to go out at night because I think that when you transition to remote, it can be tempting to just stay home all the time. I feel like that that becomes kind of unhealthy and then you're just never around people. And so I think you have to be somebody who uh, will have the, I don't know, the tenacity to make themselves still go out at night, even if that, or even just for a coffee in the morning with somebody or something along those lines, like making sure that you're still getting a lot of social interaction, even though you're not with people all day. Yeah. You have to take the initiative essentially. Yeah. Yeah. This can be, this can be hard. And I think this almost like leads into potentially some of the tips that we have for working remotely. We already talked about a few of them, like separating your work and personal life with your separate office spaces. I think another big one I noticed myself doing when I would work from home, I like would just roll out of bed and start working. I'm most productive in the morning, but what that meant was I wouldn't get ready for the day. And if you work remote full time, this can be hard. This can be hard uh, for many reasons. One, you almost, I started forgetting how to be a proper human and like getting dressed for the day and like all of that. So yeah, I would just suggest if you do work remote full time, just like make an effort to get up, you know, go through the same morning routine that you would have if you weren't working remotely. I think that's really important. That's really good. Yeah. I think also if you're somebody who works well around a schedule, set a schedule for yourself. Even if you're working remotely, you can technically work whenever. I find that it's very helpful for me to work just a, uh, for me, a standard work day. Otherwise I will work 8 a.m. to midnight and that's not a good thing to do. I think also I try to leave my space where I work to actually eat my food, like eat lunches and take and, and like have snack or whatever. I think if I eat in front of in front of my computer, I eat in my office. I'm always I'm I'm never going to stop working because I continue to respond to messages. I see an email come in, I'm going to read it and I'm going to respond to it. And just just again, it's it's that physical separation that really makes a a significant impact on the quality of life for for a remote worker. 
Well, not only that, but that yeah. leads to really unhealthy like eating habits in general. Like I noticed if I eat in front of my devices, if I don't take breaks, I tend to overeat and I eat less healthily. And this has definitely shown reared its ugly head in my uh, in terms of my weight before. <laughs> um, so I'm pretty conscientious. <laughs> that's one thing that's really, really nice. Oh, we need to do an episode all about like the differences working uh, in Europe versus working in the US. But in Europe, you typically take a full hour lunch and you go out with your coworkers and you eat and you talk and you do not eat at your desk versus like, yeah, when I lived in Austin, I would literally sit at my desk and eat uh, for like 10 minutes, uh, just like shove my face, uh, overeat, and then like go back to work. And that's so unhealthy. Yeah. I also think that taking breaks like that is super, super good. So I would take runs in the middle of the day and I would take my dog to the dog park and just break up the day in that way too. Because in person, you would have, you know, the ability to go get lunch with coworkers or something like that. And that is less true in um, person. And I would also set up reminders to eat in the first place when I was working <laughs> remote fully. Right now, it's really nice because when I'm teaching, I have like lunch breaks built in. So it's a little bit more structured. And so that makes it so that I remember to eat. But when I was working fully like as an engineer remote, I <laughs> would not eat because I just forgot to. So I, I think that putting reminders on your phone for all sorts of different things can be really helpful in that case as well. Awesome. I think, I think we covered, we covered a lot here. I think a kind of like a closing remark. It's, it's, it's important to know that as, as we've discussed here, working remotely is not for everybody. If it's not, you know, if it's not how you prefer to work, that's totally fine. If it is something you want to try, you can see if you're, if the company you currently work for would give you an opportunity to work, work from home one day a week or, you know, once every other week, whatever it might be, just to see if it's something you like, or you can, you know, jump in head first. There are a lot of companies out there that, that work distributed entirely, that they do not have an actual physical office anywhere. So you definitely have your options open for you, um, whether work, working remotely is something you want to do or something it's not. Yeah, I think just even acknowledging that it's not for everybody is so big because I feel like I see so many hot takes online that are like, everybody should be remote. The future of work is remote and it's incredible for everybody. And for me, it wasn't like my anxiety was the worst that it's been in my life because I wasn't feeling connected and I felt really isolated. And so knowing that about myself and knowing that I'm not unique in that I think is just a huge step and so that's why I'm excited about this episode going out is hopefully making people feel like no matter what works for them that that's okay and that working remote can be a really awesome thing in certain points of your life and not others and that's okay as well cool so transitioning out of this episode if you liked it go ahead and tweet about it we'll select one person each week to win ladybug stickers they're adorable if you know somebody who should be a guest on our podcast, visit our contact page on our website on ladybug.dev and you can submit a recommendation there. And we post new podcasts every Monday, so make sure to be subscribed to be notified and leave a review. We love reading them. See you next week.